When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's all everybody that I've been talking to is talking about. My interview yesterday with Chad Hartman for Feisty Friday. Um, We chatted about fun stuff like we always do. We laugh and joke. And then we took a commercial break and came back for a second segment. Now, let me just tell you something about Feisty Friday. It is never scripted. Like Chad never calls and says, this is what's going on. Make sure you read up on this. This is what's happening. Make sure you uh, know about one subject or another. So I really have to be well-versed in uh, what is going on in pop culture, politics, sports. You just never know uh, what he is going to ask me about. And and so he said, I've got a new poll that I'm going to tell you about. Um, It's a poll uh, that was taken. Uh, Trump voters says, say racism against white Americans is a bigger problem than racism against black Americans. And then he said, go. And I was like, Okay, let me think about this for a minute because I hadn't seen the poll at the time and I didn't know what the questions were about. But the poll was following the dismissal of a lawsuit put forth by the survivors of the Tulsa race massacre, which um, many saw and should be uh, as a potential blueprint for reparations. Now, these black people in Tulsa, uh, they were called the Black Wall Street. They had business owners for miles, laundromats and car washes and bakeries and seamstress and um, banks. And they were a self-contained neighborhood and they were building generational wealth. Something that we were just talking about Minneapolis Council President Andrea Jenkins about on this show. And, and, And we were already on our second generation of families who were running their own businesses. And white residents in Tulsa got absolutely mad that these black people had created an entire ecosystem for their community to build wealth. These were homeowners. And they went in and not only burned down their businesses and their homes, but they slaughtered hundreds of black people. In this, these United States of America. And sadly, it's not in history books. I was talking to Corey Heppler on this station, live on the radio. And when I mentioned the Tulsa race massacre, he had no idea what I was talking about. And this is a man with a college degree. And sadly, many people don't know. So when you say we live in the greatest country in the world, excuse me, child. Not only did this happen. But we conveniently forgot about it. 
So while y'all mad at what they're saying in the history books down in Florida and how Ron DeSantis and, and his team of, of educators are, uh, you know, putting language in there that says slavery benefited black people. I've been mad for years. Not about what they're saying, but what about they're not saying? How they're not teaching our kids and you and me about the Tulsa race massacre. So then this poll comes out and, and white Trump supporters uh, overwhelmingly say uh, that they have been discriminated against. They feel uh, that th- there's a, a form of reverse racism that is going on, especially the men that is causing them to miss out on opportunities. And this is just a portion of what I said yesterday on the radio. There's so many initiatives happening right now to benefit everybody but white men. You know, I was with Hy-Vee, and they were doing BIPOC and women-owned businesses, and they were giving away money. I was with Comcast, and they were doing BIPOC and women-owned businesses. And, and you know, they, were, they, they had initiatives and, and some programming and some pre-workshops. So they might as well say everybody but white men, right? So if I was a white man, I'd be like, well, well hey, oh, wait a minute. Where's my spot? Where's my part? Why is all of this stuff for everybody but me? So I, I can I can understand how they feel that way, but what I also need them to understand um, is that for so long, only a, a certain percentage of our population, primarily white men, have gotten a piece of the pie, have had the access to the wealth, have had the access and the legacy of college admission, um, have had the privilege uh, of getting these forgivable loans that nobody else even knew existed. And and so they were able to build wealth and live in neighborhoods that the government didn't drive highways through, um, have businesses that they were able to pass down to their children. Um, and, And everybody else just sat back and watched. No, everybody else wanted the same thing, but they didn't have access to it. So now that we see how unfair our great country has been, there's finally a a few people in in office, um, in positions of power, who say, well, wait a minute, let's fix this, let's make this right. Because for generations, uh, people who are not white men have not had the privilege of the access that these white men have had. So we talked about that, and people weighed in on social media, and I heard from so many folks, uh, you know, Jim Platten and John Shannon, uh, white men who said, bravo, I don't think I could have said it better. And so one of my uh, favorite white men is joining the show now, somebody I have worked with out in community. He was instrumental in helping me uh, formed the Black Entrepreneurs Day at the Capitol on February 3rd, that historic event that drew hundreds of black business owners to the Capitol to meet with top legislators, including the governor and lieutenant governor. Uh, Brian McDaniel is joining me on uh, the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Now, I know you listened to that segment. I want you to weigh in on what you heard. Miss Shaletta, when is it my turn? When does <laughs> when does the white man finally get his due? Hello. That's what I want to know. How are you? Thanks for having me back. No, I, I, you know th- this this topic. I mean, you you your reasoning, your explanation, spot on. I, I have no notes 
to give you um, on it. And it, it's 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 when we're choosing winners and losers, whoever is on the short end of that stick is not going to like it, and we probably just shouldn't expect them to like it. And over the years. There is going to be a push and a pull. There's going to be times of feast and famine. Um, but one thing that you were able to tie back to that is so important in this is talking about actual things that are reasonably provable, like what happened in Rondo here in Minnesota, certainly with uh, the Tulsa massacre, where it wasn't a case of black people just not being willing to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. But when the government and the people actively, actively tried to keep them from, you know, becoming, you know, you know, equal members of, of mm-hmm. in the, you know, the economic society. And, you know, there are, you know, we can always, we always judge other groups by their worst actors and ourselves by uh, our best intentions. Mm-hmm. I think actually George W. Bushman has said that. But, um, you know, but when we're talking about things like affirmative action, when we're talking about, about you know you know quotas for college one way or the other i think it is important that we talk about it in a historical case because it's not just trying to say well you know you know the, the, you know black people aren't doing as well as white people we got to help them that's not what affirmative action was meant to do it was meant to help people who were you know, actively put in a disadvantageous position to get them not to a position of, you know, superiority over a majority group, but to try to equal it out. And um, um, one thing that that I think also needs to be added to um, what you're talking about is uh, separate but equal when it came to education. Mm. Because, you know, especially when we're talking about college admissions um you know there there has been historically a real problem with making sure that schools that white people go to are equal not in funding because frankly the truth is the government gives a lot more money Mm -hmm. to minneapolis and st paul than they do to you know lakeville and eden prairie so it's not government funding but making sure that the outcomes and everything around it, which is not just bricks and mortar and books, but, you know, the economics of the family, to, to, to add that into the debate. And, and, and before anyone says, well, Shaletta, you know, you brought on another white liberal who's going to, you know, try to try to, you know, fix his white guilt by pandering to your community. Uh, you'll be the first one to tell everybody. Please tell him. I'm a, I'm a Republican. Yes, he is. You, know, you want to say you want to know what kind of Republican? I'm the kind of Republican that worked for the, the you know the Minnesota um, uh, Republican Caucus in the uh, House of Representatives for six years. I'm the kind of Republican that uh, worked for Governor Pawlenty in the Department of Economic uh, Department of uh, Employment and Economic Development. I'm the kind of Republican 
that was on Almanac last night as one of the Republicans. So this is not something. <laughs> this is not something where where um, you know where I, I'm not coming from a position of being able to see both sides. I can, and you know, can things go too far? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, you know, are there things where we start saying that? Well, we're gonna. You know that that Asian students don't deserve. You know, you know there are there are things we can talk about here, but fundamentally, there is a reason why we have affirmative action, and uh, you know it is rooted in the things and the uh, that you just brought up. Yeah, and and I'm gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, what I didn't know that I found out once we chatted was you teach a class. You're going to talk to me about this class because I knew that you were a lobbyist. I did not know you were an educator. This man has so many tricks and and up his sleeve, and he is not a one-trick pony. I got to figure out what this class is all about because I definitely want to be in the back of the room or fly on the wall because I know you are dropping knowledge daily. We're talking to Brian McDaniel with Hilden Advocacy and Law on the Shaletta Show. More when we come back. The thing about working in radio is just because the microphone is off doesn't mean the conversations are over. Um, Earlier this um, show, I was talking to the folks at Comcast about the expansion in YZ, and I heard from Amir who said this is great for small businesses, and he talked about, you know, how some companies are cutting services and cutting back and how Comcast is expanding and how he appreciates that. Um, I I heard from Nancy uh, on Facebook Messenger who said, I'm listening to the show. So, So just because the microphones are off doesn't mean that we're not still talking. So yesterday, Chad Hartman engaged me in a conversation for Feisty Friday about a new poll out. Uh, where they poll Trump supporters and Trump voters. Uh, and these white men predominantly says racism is a bigger problem for white folks than it is for black folks. And, and here's just a little snippet of my response yesterday. And so now these programs and initiatives are coming out. And, and a lot of people, especially the, the Trump supporters who are traditionally white men, are saying, well, wait a minute, this is not fair. This is They're getting mm-hmm. all this stuff. This is wrong. This is not right. Well, guess what? It's called the shoes on the other foot because that's exactly what we've been looking at for 400 years. We've been saying this ain't right. This ain't fair. How are they getting all this stuff? Why are we not included? It don't feel good, does it? It, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. But somebody's got to right the wrong. Somebody's got to level the playing field and make things even. And that's what you're seeing now. You see, you're seeing it's not reparations, but we're trying to repair some of the wrongs that have been done in this country with programs and initiatives and grants and services and resources. And that's not coming your way because you always had that. So that's the problem is that you always had it. So you thought everybody else had it, but we didn't. We were on the outside looking in. And so... The, the whole time we were saying about white men all this time, that's not fair. How is it that they're able to get the PPP loan when the COVID happened and black women-owned businesses got in the queue? How is it that they get forgivable loans to start their company? How is it that they're able to get into a college just because of what their last name is? That's not fair. So now you see what it feels like when things aren't going your way. 
And so when my friend Brian McDaniel from Hilden Advocacy and Law heard the discussion, heard the conversation, had to come on the show to talk about it, and we were engaging over the phone yesterday, he tells me, I didn't know this. I thought I knew him. Apparently, I do not. He teaches a class. Okay, stop. Red light. Let's sit right here and park the car, Brian. What class are you teaching? I had no idea. Yeah, uh, since uh, 2015, uh, every fall, uh, I teach American government uh, at Concordia University, St. Paul. And uh, I it is absolutely uh, one of my favorite things. And, you know, as somebody who works in politics, my, you know, my real job is in politics, you know, by the time the legislative session is over, I hate politics. I want, no, I, want, I want nothing to do with it. I'm discouraged. It's dirty. It's gross. And then every fall I get to teach, you know, 17, 18, 19 year olds about what our government is supposed to do and what it can do. And it makes me fall back in love with our you know, our founding documents and with our government, at least what the promise of our government is. Uh, and then I go into every new legislative session, uh, it energized, and then they beat it out of me again. <laughs> now tell me this, how are you able to do that? How are you able to get down in the muck and the mire and go through this system and then come out and have something positive to say to these young people who want to get in the profession uh, where you make your living? Well, I, you know, what it is, you know, I think people who are on all sides of these debates never actually went back and read the Constitution, read the Declaration of Independence. They focus on who wrote it and who has implemented, you know, the things that are in our foundational documents, um, and they, they don't see kind of how beautiful the documents are as written, uh, the promise that is within our country, what we could achieve. And when I read these documents, when I go back and see what they could have said and don't, and what they do say, I, I fall in love with them. You know, you know, I learn new, I learn new things every year. I've been doing this Boy, 25 years I've been mm -hmm. uh, working in politics, you know, even longer if you count being a lawyer. And, uh, you know, I learn new things every year. And as society changes, you know, what the documents mean change. You know, Donald Trump um, has changed the way we interact with the Constitution. Um, you know, not always for the better, you know, I'll be the first one to admit that, but, um, you know, a lot of things that we used to say, you know, weren't possible or possible. And, um, you know, I, 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 lo I love teaching. I love it. I love seeing, you know, that glimmer of hope in, uh, in uh, an 18 year old's eyes that their government isn't just something for somebody else, that it can hold something for them. And the other thing I'll say, Shaletta, is that for, you know, you and I talked a lot about this when we were working on the, you know, Black Entrepreneurs Day, but the government is there to help in a lot of ways. Uh, it gets in the way sometimes, but mm -hmm. it's there to help. But if you don't believe that the government 
is your government, well, you're not even going to know how to access all of the different programs that are out there. So one of the things I really implore your listeners and you know young people growing up is don't assume that this government belongs to somebody else just because other people pretend like it does. This government is for all of us, and it's there to be taken by the people who are willing to show up. So show up and, uh, and um, you know, get in positions of power, and then you get to make decisions. And those decisions can help you, your family, and your community. Okay, but how do we um, teach people that um, this government is for them? Because when we held that Black Entrepreneurs Day at the Capitol, it was very difficult to get people down there. Some of them hadn't been there since high school um, mm-hmm. because they went on a tour. And the reason that they don't want to come is because they feel like it won't make a difference. They've seen time and time again, and you and I have talked about this, how these politicians will come into the black church when it's time to vote, pat us on the head, have lunch with us after worship service, make all these promises, and then we don't see or hear from them again until it's time to vote again. And so the access that we get to these politicians and that we get to these decision makers in our community is only when they need something from us. So it's always been Brian a transactionary uh, relationship you want my vote come to my church you want my vote then you're going to have to spend some time in our congregation come to my church uh, you know look at the things that we have going on consider us and remember us and then once that vote happens once that thing takes place there's no access there's no communication there's no commitment to the promise that was made and this has gone on since we've been voting Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I'll say is now traditionally the African-American vote, you know, you know, we're talking like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, um, you know, has belonged to the Democratic Party. And they have been very loyal. The community has been very loyal. Um, now, what I would say is, and this is, you know, world according to Brian, how has the your community benefited by you know, ha- being under almost exclusive Democrat control, you know, in, in, you know, most inner cities, all of those things, you know, you know, the, you know, right now the federal government, even under President Obama, how have things gotten better? What that tells me is mm-hmm. the black community vote needs to be for sale because you ain't kidding. A, trans- a transaction where you give something and don't get something is a pretty bad deal. But if the Democrats know that they have your vote no matter what, well, then do they have to deliver for you? Um, Republicans have done a terrible job, an abysmal job, of trying to lure communities of color into voting with them. So I'm not saying they're giving you a ton of reasons to right. look their way. And that's why people, Brian, they feel stuck. So how do you yeah. break the mold? Because, you know, you know, the thing was when, when, when Biden was running against Trump, um, you know, one of my concerns was, hey, uh, we, you know, this was before he picked Kamala Harris to be his, his vice presidential candidate. And I'm sure that that was, um, you know, because he wanted to, to and needed uh, black women voters. Right. Um, you know, I was like, well, what is he? He has, he's no, I don't feel a connection. This is a, another year of transactional relationships with, with my vote. And, and so somebody said, well, you want to go from the fire, frying pan to the fire? 
Because if you vote for Trump, then then what's going to happen to you then, um, you know, when you start to look at his record with black women? And I said, wow, you know, so, so what options do we have? And, and that's what Brian honestly keeps a lot of people from voting because they feel like I don't have any options. They don't care anything about me. They don't care about my community. I'm not going to see them after this election cycle. And, and these streets are always going to have potholes. And, and these the crime is going to always be bad. The funding's never going to make it our way. Uh, they're not going to invest anything until they're ready to gentrify or build a rail. And then we'll see a couple of Starbucks pop up and then we'll know they're about to move us up out of here. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's it's not easy and it's going to take a long time. But it, it has to do with organizing at the local level, infiltrating, you know, becoming part of, you know, Groups that are different than than what you, you know the black community has been in, a part of, and then getting into positions of power within those groups, and slowly over time. And I know that nothing nothing is fun that is slow and over time, but you start getting better choices than Biden versus Trump. Mm-hmm. Who's excited about that? Right. I mean, certainly not the majority of people. Um, and in the greatest country in the world, which I still believe that, we had a choice between two candidates that uh, w- w- were that, that 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 didn't represent us, mm-hmm. who had been in either you know these these you know seventy almost eighty year old white men who come from wealth and privilege, you know, talking to you know not just your community but you know people like me saying that, you know, I'm here for you. No, you want to use my vote to, you know, to, you know, give yourself power mm-hmm. to, to make your name bigger and more important. And, and and that shouldn't happen. But when's the last time we had a candidate with, that we were excited to vote for? It's been a minute. It's been, it's, been, it's been too long. It's been too long. So I'm working within my groups to try try to make them more friendly, inviting, welcoming to uh, other communities. I hope that everyone else is open to those opportunities and that eventually we're going to be in the same rooms talking to each other because that's why white people think that discrimination is happening to them because they're not talking to black people Mm. and black people think that white people are only looking to, to hurt them because they're not talking to white people. But when you get together and you find out that there are similar struggles, there are similar backgrounds, then it's a lot harder to hate label and blame other people. Yeah. And that's what we don't do. That's what we don't do in America anymore. We don't yeah. talk to people that we don't already agree with. Well, I'm so glad you are talking to me. I'm so glad you came on this show today. I tell you, folks are lighting my phone up. This conversation is going to be going on for days to come. I'm sure John Shannon uh, with the Taxi Stand Hour, he and Ed are going to pull some some sound bites and put it on their podcast on Sunday morning. I'm going to have to sneak out of church just so I could listen to it. <laughs> Brian McDaniel with Hilden Advocacy and Law. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I'll be back anytime. All right. And you all stick around. I am going to talk about the latest on Jamie Foxx. He is speaking for himself. There is video. 
We're going to play the audio coming up next. Okay, I'm going to just tell y'all I feel bad for what I said. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I feel bad for, for, for the way I felt. Um, you know, oftentimes these celebrities have situations and, you know, they, they, they ask you to respect their privacy. But I was a little upset that when Jamie Foxx got sick, nobody was reporting on how he was feeling and give us an update because they were asking for prayers. Right. And I was really praying hard for Jamie Foxx to pull through. And then when I didn't hear anything from his family, um, I, I got a little angry. And I, I said, it came out of my mouth. I said, don't ask me to pray for you. If when you get better, if, if when there's an update, you're not going to report back in. Because I was praying for God to release Jamie Foxx from the hospital. And I look up and his daughter's bragging on social media about he's playing pickleball. And I'm sitting up here praying that he gets out of the hospital. Well, can you tell us that? If you ask us to pray for you as a celebrity or as just a person out in the community and there's an update or a praise report, report back to the people that you asked to pray for you. And, and so I said that I was on social media. People were high-fiving me. Now I feel bad because now Jamie Foxx is feeling well enough to speak to his fans. And here's what he had to say. And, you know, I have to respect that. You know, Jamie's known for being happy and joyful and spreading love and laughter, same as me. And so um, he he didn't speak out because he didn't want people to see him in that condition. He wanted to get better before he made a statement. So I have to, and he'll never hear this because he's, I don't know if he's listening to CCO radio. I'm not saying the chances are slim, Josh. It's really slim that he's listening right now you to us. But you never know. So if Jamie Foxx is listening to WCCO radio, I want to apologize for um, making it about me and saying that I needed an update when if I was going to genuinely pray for this man and his recovery, I should have just been praying for this man and his recovery. And when he and his family were ready to give us an update, I should have just been standing by. Um, and so I, I just had to uh, rearrange my life and the way I think about situations like that. And if somebody's asking for prayers, then I got a direct line to God. And I should use that line to be a blessing to someone else. 
Now, somebody who has been a blessing to me since I first stepped foot into WCCO Radio is joining me in this next segment. Find out who he is next. Do you see this guy? Uh, Christopher Eubanks reached the quarterfinals in his first Wimbledon appearance. I got to bring my friend Steve Thompson on to talk about this. He has set the tennis world and the tongues uh, a wagon on fire, Steve. Yeah, and Chaletta, it's important because there there aren't a lot of men or women atop tennis right now. There, there aren't a lot of contenders, so it's certainly a good thing for the game to have some Americans near the top of the sport. And he's a young kid, and his skin yep. is brown, and he's got a cute little gap tooth, look like little Tiger Woods' cousin or somebody. He is just adorable, and everybody is falling in love with him. Now, Steve, I have to say, I don't follow tennis, but I do follow history. So I know, like, the up-and-coming folks who are, you know, doing well, like Venus and Serena. You know, we've seen the stories in Ebony and yep. Jet and all of our magazines and publications that feature, you know, black folks that go to black folks' houses. I never heard of this boy before. Have you heard of him before now? No, I I, I follow tennis to the point where I'll, I'll follow the majors, but that's about it. Um, the, the Grand Slam events. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a relative newcomer, and I, I think it's great because, like I say, you know, the, the, the days, you know, Serena Williams no longer around. Venus Williams is no longer around. It's been a long time since there's been players like McEnroe or or, or mm-hmm, Connors. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just there there aren't a lot of American players at the top of the game now. I'm not saying that that there is an interest, but it, it's difficult to bring in the casual sports fan, uh, especially in some of these sports when there aren't you know some Americans up on uh, up at the top. Yeah. I mean, look at what Tiger Woods did for golf. Oh, yeah. um, and and yeah. Venus and Serena got girls all across the country playing. And so this guy, I mean, if you look at the pictures, the fans are just going crazy. And now people were trying to get tickets because, you know, they wanted to get in there to see who he was and, and what he was about. And, you know, he, he's on CNN today talking with Frederica Whitfield about his success. Now, I do have to say, Steve, that 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 I, I think the little guy's great. I love what he's doing. But I have to say that um, th- there was a, 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 a tagline that I, 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 I really didn't like. He said, his name is Eubanks, he said, something just clicked during Wimbledon run. He said, something just clicked. Now, I've never been an athlete, but I, I know divine intervention when I see it. And what happened with him was divine intervention. There's no such thing as something just clicked. This boy's been practicing. He's been in position. His parents have spent a lot of money and hours and time, and somebody's been praying for this boy. So when he says something just clicked, it's not like a magic light switch. This is a a lot of years of work and and, and prayer and and determination. And and I hate it when athletes, um, especially athletes who look like me, say something just clicked or it just happened because we all know that it didn't just happen. Yeah. And it, the, the, the funny thing is I think a lot of athletes in, in sport in particular get into pat answers and, and maybe don't want to be completely forthcoming. I'm not saying he's not being right. completely forthcoming, but, but I think there, there is this trap and there, there's one of my favorite scenes, in, in the movie Bull Durham when, when 
crash, his talk to Nuke, and knowing that he's going to go to the major leagues and kind of schools them on what you say and what you don't say to reporters. I think it's I think it's a great scene in a movie, and and I think that's part of it. Now he is going to get another opportunity on a yes, very big stage in New York at the U.S. Open, so we'll see how he does in in the final Grand Slam of the year in New York. Okay, now speaking of athletes, uh, guess who was hanging out in my hood today? Who? Dalvin Cook. Well. Yes, honey. He had a football camp over at Park High School in Cottage Grove. And look at God. I tell you, God just always orders my steps. I am hosting Twin Cities Live on Friday. In the 20 years that the show's been on the air, Steve, they have never asked me to host. Can you believe it? Can you believe that? It, it is an outrage. It's an outrage. It's, Somebody needs to protest. They're, they're going to finally make that right. Now, now are you, are you going to be with Ben Lieber? Or I'm going to be with gonna... Ben Lieber. And so I had this great idea because you know how my wow. great ideas come together, Steve. I had this great idea. I was like, man, it would be so awesome if I could get a football player to talk to me about Ben Lieber and I and I do a little segment for social media. So I call my next door neighbor who's the athletic director at Park High School. This is how this came about this morning, Steve. Look at God. So I called my neighbor this morning at 10 o'clock and said, hey, listen, I need the Park High School football coach. I want to do a little social media segment to have fun, to say I'm going to be hosting Twin Cities Live with Ben Lieber on Friday. Uh, do you think you can hook me up with the Park High School football coach? He was like, well, why don't you just go down to the high school? Dalvin Cook is down there now. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I jump wow. in the nine-seater. I go down to the school. Steve, I parked the car. I got out, and I said, hey, is Dalvin Cook here? They said, no, he hasn't gotten here yet. He won't be here until 1130. And I was like, oh, man, dang, I wanted to get some video of me and him talking about Ben Lieber, right? So, Steve, I walk out of the parking lot. Who's walking up toward me at 1015? It's Dalvin Cook. There's nobody around him, no entourage, and I don't have to wait in line for him to talk to the players or pull him to the side. It's nobody in this parking lot except me, him, and my daughter Cameron. So we're taking video, we're taking pictures, we're hanging out, we're doing selfies. I had about, I, I ran in here right as the show was starting because I had 15 whole freaking minutes with Dalvin Cook. It is an adventure. <laughs> it is. That's a, a quick story. I know we got to go. We had two tickets to Beyonce. Michelle and Aaron took them. I didn't get to go. You didn't get to go. Oh, you missed it. She was no. flying in the air. She was flying in the air. And I'm flying yeah. up out of here. Steve Thompson is up next. Go Twins. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.